Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and event consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Aisle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, pianist and band leader of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Lighting, Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 62. In designing your event, you are the artist. With the help of event professionals, many art forms contribute. Depending on your location, time of day, and what's important to you, your event may need additional lighting. What about natural light? What could be more important at an event than lighting or flowers? These subjects and much more are addressed in this episode. And now please enjoy Lighting, Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 62. When you have natural light and you're having an evening affair, you really have to think about that, that the light in the room from the chandeliers and whatever you have on your tables, if you're inside, makes such a huge difference because... If you're in a urban center where there's lots of buildings and there's light that comes from those buildings at night, it can really enhance the the room. Even though those lights may be 20, 40 feet away in a major city, if those lights are on, it's fairly bright. Mm-hmm. It, it does illuminate help at least illuminate the room. But there are times when you fall in love with the room in the late afternoon and early evening when there's a view Mm. and you want to capture that. And so the last thing you're thinking about is how you're going to light the room when the sun goes down. Because then all that beautiful view goes away, especially if you're looking at the ocean, which I know in Southern California is one of the most popular views to have for a ceremony and reception as far as I'm concerned for weddings. And especially when you try and capture the ceremony before the wedding, before the light is all gone, you have that magical hour that we call the golden hour before sunset where the light warms up and it's just gorgeous. And to take pictures after it is harder outside uh, because you have about another 30, 40 minutes until it's totally dark, but then you might need to add some type of lighting to capture the moonlit area if there is Mm. a a good moon that night. So lighting inside, even if you don't stay inside all the time, uh, is becoming, and really has been for the last good five, eight years, a major place where couples and 
families that are having celebrations and want to extend the celebration outside as well, you really got to take care of lighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in my view, lighting can dress a room Definitely. as as much as beautiful drapes and linens because lighting can create a mood. Now, if you're fortunate enough to be able to have the funds for lighting and the changing any linen or adding any type of visual enhancement, well, all the better. But I've told many a couple over the years that if it comes down to having terrific flowers and foregoing the lighting, I usually encourage them to go into some rooms that are well lit and I think that made all the difference when they saw the room or they saw a room in the evening with no lighting and then a professionally lit room in photographs, what could be accomplished and that the flowers or any other visual enhancement is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But if you really have to make that choice, Mm. I would say have something on the table that you really enjoy, but may not be magnificent and have that lighting mm-hmm. because it it will read as a beautiful atmosphere that flowers can only do so much. They can make things look opulent. They can set a tone, a style, obviously color to enhance the room. They can do a lot, but without the feeling of light, whatever you want it to be, whether you want it to be like a low light, sultry evening or candlelight or an extravaganza (laughs) of layers of light, it just depends. But I know it makes a big difference. And I know today, especially with us thinking about, well, how do we have a wedding at all, let alone you know, all these finer points. But believe it or not, in having a small intimate wedding, the lighting can really make it very special. Mm. And that if you have, you know, only a couple of tables, or if you have, let's say, uh, four people sitting at a table so that they can be far enough apart from each other. So you might only have a few tables um, in the room for as many people as you can have these days, depending on where you live. That in itself, the lighting can actually add more to it because having a room with a few large or profuse flowers uh, may be lovely, but there's not a lot of people, you know, and part of the feeling is not feeling too far apart from each other. So sometimes the lighting actually can help warm the room um, or create an atmosphere that 
may not make it so apparent that you're fairly far away from your neighbor at a table. Yeah. Just something just something to think about. And it changes as the sun starts to move. My son is into uh into film and uh video rendering. He was talking about a new technology. Well, it's relatively new. Something he discovered was uh, something called ray tracing. And How's that spelled? R A Y. Oh, it is R A Y. Tracing. Okay. And okay. so you basically what it is is that you get a uh, a source of light, and then that okay. source of light will reflect off of other surfaces within the scene. Mm-hmm. And so to re- in this case, this is an artificial rendering because it's it's animation, but that. Uh, they're able to uh, create the physics of it, so to speak, or recreate the physics mm-hmm. of that light source reflecting on various surfaces. And so it's kind of interesting how you know, the surface has to be analyzed, so to speak, for its reflectivity, and then the mm-hmm. source, uh, the direct, how, how direct that light is, and then what angle it comes in at, and then what the potential dispersion is off of that. You know, it, it could... And all that stuff gets done, um, technically done. Of course. The reason why I bring that up is that there was a, there's a beautiful location uh, in Santa Fe Springs called the Clark Estate. And oh, that has a, a nice grounds and everything like this. But inside, there's a courtyard. There's a, there's a garden. And there's lots of vines growing and this type of thing. And... I'm doing a wedding there, and I'm usually outside in in the garden. They have a big reception area, but this one was more of an intimate wedding, and <laughs> the sun started to to move, and and I mean every five minutes the room mm-hmm. looked completely different, and more yeah. beautiful to me, and yeah. it was stunning to see this, and and the colors are getting richer and richer, and <laughs> just like things are, and then it starts to get dark, and then and then the then the lights came on. It changes, you know, the, yeah. The twinkle lights came on, and the and that that yeah. type of thing. Actually, I think they were already on. The sun was going down. Your awareness of these twinkle lights came up automatically without yeah. changing a rheostat at all, and yeah. so it was just that's gorgeous. It was. That's true. That's very true, and that's a really good point to know that sometimes the whole room is lit already. In other words, if if the room has chandeliers, if the room has uplights or lighting on the table, many times, except for maybe candles, all that is done already because there's been a light check the night before to know what the room is going to look like when everything is dark especially if you're having an outdoor event, you have to, for safety reasons alone, you have to do your light check the night before. You can always have slight, you know, corrections and adjustments, and you should. So that's your photographer who's doing that? No, that's the lighting company. The lighting company, unless there are preset lights already you know there are some hotels and some banquet centers and locations that have installed lighting systems which they can do at any time 
if you're in an enclosed room where essentially would be dark anyway, you can have a light check before the guests come in. Part of doing a light check is having all the surfaces that are going to change in the room. Because when you have linen and chairs, especially if they're not the original to the location, mm-hmm. and you have a band or a DJ set up, a cake, anything, uh, banquet, uh, food tables, buffets, whatever, displays. If you don't have those tables in place, hopefully with food on it, uh, it's you have to have adjustments because the food the level of the food, how it's presented will change. Just like you were talking about your son, it's the surfaces. The light will be reflected differently. And so therefore you, you have to set up the lighting normally the night before. And then before, uh, some time before the guests come in, you check the lighting again for, alterations that are needed especially you you know like a band let's say they have a stage that is 12 feet deep and 20 feet long that's not a huge band area but it's a good size one right now you want to make sure that the singers who are normally in the very front are lit properly And are they going to be lit from the side? Are they going to be lit from across the room? And depending on how deep that room is, most lights don't carry if they're uh, some type of a can light and they're not, let's say, placed in the ceiling. Uh, they, They can carry fairly far depending on their size. So... And again, I don't want to get too technical here, but the the point is, is that most of the lighting that is in standard hotels and banquet centers can travel about 20, 25 feet, Hmm. unless you're getting into a more um, professional, you know, and technical range and there's all different kinds. But the the point and also the height of the ceiling (laughs) makes a difference, (laughs) you know. Uh, if the ceiling is dark, if it's light, and there's there's so many variables. But for the purposes of our discussion, you always want to make sure that whoever's in front is seen. Yes. Um, and there's enough light so that it is a focal point. Because if that's where the energy is coming from the room, you want to make sure that there's proper lighting right. for that. And if you don't have you know, a band. And if you have a DJ off to the side and there's the cake and there's the, let's say the bride and groom, if they choose to be alone at a sweetheart table or, or have their entire wedding party, again, you get to make those decisions on where do you want the focal point? So lighting can set the mood. It can fill the room. It can direct the focus and hopefully an ambiance that everyone enjoys. Yeah. Have you ever had a bride that uh, planned her wedding around a full moon? 
what was the effect that was created or what was she trying for? She wanted to extend the party on a terrace at night. She wanted it to be as bright and natural as possible. She didn't want to use a lot of lighting, extra lighting. She really wanted it to have that feeling of of extending the day and by having a full moon. This was in the summer. And I remember it being a pretty night. But I think she did it beyond just the light. I think there was some other kind of reason. I don't know if it was mystical or if it there was something else going on. It wasn't the summer solstice. I know that. Okay. But it there was another layer to why she wanted that. But yeah, I actually have. In fact, it's not that unusual because I think for photos and the drama of having a full moon in a photograph Mm. with the bride and groom captured and and lit by the moon you know it can really be dramatic so i think there were a lot of reasons in fact one of my favorite uh photographers james johnson loved the 1940s photography lighting if a couple was up for it he would place them near a light that was above them and black and white it's amazing if you know the lighting techniques for both a lighting company and for photography, it changes the entire feeling and mood of that photograph. Wow. I have seen several couples look like they came out of a 1940s <laughs> movie, maybe even 30s. It was great. Some of them really went all out and dressed the part and had their hair and tuxedo and everything to kind of reflect that era. Uh, in time, and then they had their photographs, not all of them, but just, you know, a few that were obviously photographed in a certain way to capture that. I think that this whole thing about taking responsibility for the creation of the entire event, every bride and groom become artists and become producers and become directors and become attuned to the various art disciplines that are involved in producing a Mm -hmm. wedding that they have choices and that they have decisions they can make and they have just a whole lot of fun choosing things and creating the atmosphere. That's that's true. Uh, And I think I would be remiss if I didn't say all of that makes a huge difference in processing and producing. However, and I know we both made this point prior it's the couple. It's the energy. It's the fact that people want to be there. Yes. That's what's the most important thing. Yes. Because we've all seen gorgeous events that were kind of flat. Yes. I don't care how gorgeous the lighting was. There's a chronicling by a photographers of here are the shoes and here's the centerpiece and here's mm-hmm. the bouquet and then here's the dress and here's the... And I remember the watching a photographer shooting this dress, you know, and I said, you know, that dress is going to look a whole lot better when she's in it. And, and, and he, and he looked and he went, yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> uh, well, that's true. There are some dresses that are lovely, but once someone's in it, it's a heck of a lot better. Oh, oh I know. So much better. And, and actually, gosh, that's, I haven't thought about that in so long, but I remember a photographer just fiddling with this one dress, something awful. I mean, he must have been taken 15 minutes. He would move it from window to window. Trying to get it. And, yeah. and yeah. he, you know, and he would put it on a on a chair, draping it, and then he'd put it up on a door and the window. And finally, I mean, there wasn't anybody else in the room. Uh, the bride was in another room getting her hair and makeup done. And he was quite early. And I went over to him. I said, what in the heck are you doing? Are you trying to figure out something? Because I've never seen a photographer spend this much time doing this. I mean, I was kind of getting concerned, uh -huh. you know, that maybe the bride wanted something and he was trying to find a way to make it look a certain way. I didn't know. And he <laughs> he turned to me and says, I just can't make this dress look great. <laughs> And it wasn't a bad looking dress. It was a very sweet, lovely dress. And he said, it doesn't matter if I take a close up or not. I don't, I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> and I'm, oh my God, I felt so badly for him. And I, I just said, you know, maybe you're expecting too much, you know, because I was concerned that, you know, he was going to take so much time that it wouldn't give him enough time to kind of get inspired by the people and all of that. Because it, it's not just about taking pretty photographs. It's about capturing what's going on. I realized he was new to photography, so maybe I that see. was part of I it. See. You know, um, I didn't want to grill him at the time, obviously, yeah. but I was just trying to figure out what was going on. And I never heard anything bad from the bride so i'm assuming she no, thought the like dress was captured okay you're absolutely right about the people and about the the guests and about their their contribution of just them being there and their energy and that they what they exude and i know it's uh, know. it's the humanity part of it uh, yes. there was a family that worked very very hard it was a it was a group effort. All the aunts and uncles and all the brothers and sisters and everybody was, was assisting this thing. And it was rather well organized, I thought. Uh, they were yelling out the, the father of the groom's name a lot, though. And it was like, uh, <laughs> I forget his name. Where's Frank? You know, Frank, where's Frank? Frank, where does this go? If anybody, Frank needed a coordinator, you know, oh, because wow. he was doing it all himself. But I think that the uh, contribution of just the uh, the guests being there and just supporting the bride and groom and having a really good time and enjoying the company of each other. All of those yeah. things just comes together and makes it all just so special. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797- 1795 or contact Eric by email eric at elegantmusic.com that's e-r-i-c at elegantmusic.com contact Toby by email toby at tobydodge.com that's 
T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.